Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88. Right across the Faith FM network wherever you are. This is Positively Different Radio in the morning and you are with Lyle and... Gemma, good morning. Gemma, how are you this morning? Good, how are you? Amazing. Ah, I did it again. It's just so natural that I'm like, yeah, my morning was good. No, let's restart. Ask me again. We did this yesterday. No, no, but we're going to do it again until I remember. Okay. Gemma, how are you this morning? Fantastic. How are you this morning? Amazing. Yes. Gemma okay. fantastic. I'm amazing. Why are you fantastic this morning? I started college. College is back and in full swing. I've got a Greek yes. test today. I'm feeling overwhelmed. <laughs> Everything's back to normal. Wait up. Wait up. <laughs> you started yesterday and they've uh-huh. given you a test today. I haven't even had a Greek class yet, but the test is today. Have you done one unit of Greek yet? Greek yet or is this your first this is the first unit so it's literally straight in the deep end oh my you got any greek friends that you can sort of uh, i do i've got some friends who did the unit the year before me so that's helpful but today's test is just small it's just learning the alphabet which is okay okay so i think i've got the alphabet mostly down kind of sort of learning another language is hard Indeed. Can you speak or do you know what other language? I know no I I, I know English, that's it. Australians are very ignorant. <laughs> when I when I travelled I found out that Australians are incredibly ignorant because we're the only country on the planet that speaks one language. Everywhere else What about the States? You, they learn Spanish. Oh true. Oh yeah, true. Majority of people there will have at least a general understanding. Yeah, yeah everybody everybody learns a foreign language everywhere else in the world. Did you learn a foreign language in high school? Japanese. Okay. See, oh. I ne- we never learned anything. A little bit. It's just like, little I bit. went to learn a foreign language. English is fine. What are you thankful for this morning? <laughs> um, I'm thankful that... Okay, I'm thankful that if you can speak English, ah. you can travel anywhere in the world and get by. <laughs> and I'm just thankful. And, and I, I actually am super thankful that I grew up with this as my mother tongue mm-hmm. because everybody else kind of around the world has to learn it. It's and, true, yeah. yeah. You, you, to be able to function, you know, if, to be able to work on computers, to be able to fly aeroplanes, whatever, you have to learn English. Mm. And it's nice to have been born with that. Very lucky. On the other hand, it would be nice to have a second or a third language. <laughs> <laughs> this is a reminder, you're listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. We're going to find out whereabouts are the fattest babies born in the world. <laughs> yes. where, do the, where, where do the Michelin babies come from? Yes. And uh, yeah, so that, of course, you know, highly interesting amongst other stories. Send me a party, make me a home 
back guys that was Callum Enderman with Fly you're listening to The Breakfast Show and I think that is the first time that we've played that new song on our station so well done Callum for his uh, new album which has just recently come out quiz time and Gemma has our first clue Gemma go for it today the quiz is a who am I quiz and I'm pretty sure you're going to get it Mm. I'm just saying I'm pretty pretty sure you've got it the first clue this was spoken to me he will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone and oh, yeah, everyone's yeah, hand yeah. against... Yeah, see, look, I knew it was a good quote. I knew you'd get it. That's a good quote. It is. And you, you did get it right. Well done. But yeah, so that's that's the clue. Okay. Yeah. Very good. What's happening in uh, positive... Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. We should Wait tell them, we, a minute. We, we should tell them to call us. Yeah, we should. <laughs> if you know the answer... There's this thing you can do called calling us. Uh, 1-800-324-843 is the number to call. Um, or you can text us on 0491-064-669. So 1-800-FAITH-FM. And we have a book called... Uh, they Knew Him by Anita Marshall. Okay. So, yeah, give us a call. Get the Very right good. answer. The book is yours. Absolutely. Prize coming your way. Who was this person? Now, Gemma. Now we can go to my news. Let's do some positive news. Let's do some positive news. news. So, busting to get there. Do you know the movie Frozen? I've heard of it and have watched it. Well, that's okay. But like every why would I watch it? That's okay. Well, I understand you wouldn't have watched it. I didn't ask how you'd watch it. I said, have you heard of the movie Frozen? <clears throat> right. Yes, majority of, of people. I have a point here. You just switched off as soon as I said that. You're like, no, nah, I'm yep. not interested. I don't want to hear about the rest of this story. I have a point. Uh, what? How could anything <laughs> positive coming come out of Frozen? It's got to do with Bible translation and a new version of the Bible. What are you talking about? I like my King James Version. Why do I need a new version? In a different language for people other than you that can't read English. <laughs> Can I can I link my points now? Are, right, are you, you done? Can, you can link your points. Thank you. Okay, so I'll, be, I'll get back to it. Don't worry. <laughs> so the new Disney movie Frozen. Frozen, the new Disney movie Frozen Two came out towards the end of last year, and in the movie, I have not seen it, but in the movie, uh, there is a fictional uh, indigenous group of people 
um, on the island of, you know, Arendelle where the movie takes place that they've just brought into the new movie. Um, Except they're fictional characters in the movie. However, they're based on the real-life indigenous people known as the Sami. Oh, okay. Have you heard cool. of them? No. Okay, cool. So the Sami are people... But I'm suddenly very interested. See, look, I knew it. I was like, you're going to like shut off as soon as I say Frozen. But well, you now- could have started talking about the Sami rather than talking about Frozen and I wouldn't have shut off. But it's because of Frozen that they're getting... Just, just look, pay attention, okay? Just, just listen, all right? I'm sorry, it's hard for you because you talk all the time because this is your job. You're a radio presenter. Like, I know, but I just listen to my story, okay, Lyle? It's good. It's a really cool, good story. Yes, Gemma. The Sami. There are 75... Thank you. The Sami <laughs> are a group of about 75,000 people and they're scattered across parts of uh, Russia, Sweden, Finland, but Norway is, is the base. Norway is where you'll find most of the indigenous Sami people. That's like a big, big area. Huge area. Huge area. Okay. And it's originally kind of a based in Norway. Area as well. Ta-da! Uh. Yay! There it is. Okay, so originally they're based in Norway, but yeah, over the years they've they've scattered out to like everybody you know, cover, does cover that area. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the cool thing though about the Sami people is what Frozen has done is they used their culture, um, their history, you know, their their people, the indigenous people of Norway and that area, as a basis for these characters in the new Frozen movie. Um, and because of that, a lot of attention and then fame has been kind of brought back towards the Sami people. Cool. And a group of Christian people in particular saw this and was like, wow, we didn't know how big this group actually was. Like, we didn't realise... It's kind of like Western how, Europe's Inuit. Yeah, they didn't realise, you know, how many people made up this group and, like, how large it was. And they were looking at different uh, languages to do with the Sami people. And at the moment around the world today, there are 7,300 languages. Okay. Currently, you know, yes. being, being spoken today, ten of those are unique to the Sami people. So they actually have ten different. I know, right? There's seventy-five thousand people with ten different languages. Yeah, that's like a language for every ten thousand people. It's crazy, right? Less. That's nuts. I know, but the thing is, they uh, Christians were like, "Oh well, okay." There's this, you know, group of people that have very unique, you know, languages that we've just been overlooking um, because there's only one Bible out of those 10 languages that's been made for the Sami people. Are these languages or dialects? It says languages, but okay. I have a feeling it would be dialects because I feel like if it was 10 separate languages anyway, for anyway, that anyway, amount anyway. of people. Keep going with your story. Yeah, so there's like 75% of the Sami speak the northern Sami dialect or language, okay? Um, and that's like majority of the population. That's 75%. That's a huge chunk. And there is, they just released the new version of the Bible in the Sami language, in the northern Sami Sami language, which was released last year, 2019, because of Frozen 2. Because the movie, uh, you know, depicts the fictional, but, you know, based on these real, you know, indigenous peoples. And it drew attention to their culture, their heritage, their language. And Christians were like, you know what, we've missed translating the Bible for these people. Like, these people don't have the word of God. Like, how can we, how can we fix that? So they've released the very first Northern Sami Bible, and uh, there's plans now to complete the uh, New Testament has already been done in the next uh, largest dialect or, or language of that group. Um, and there's another three languages that are also currently having portions of the New Testament being done. So they're working towards hitting the 10 out of 10 for all Sami people to have a version of the Bible that they can read themselves. That's cool. Because That's amazing. The- okay, out of those seven thousand uh, different languages that are there, how, how many are left that do not have a Bible so far? There can't be that many left. That's a good question, but I feel like there wouldn't be. But then again, we've missed you know all of the Sami people, which make up ten languages. So, 
you want to you Google that? We'll get back oh, to you later yeah, on that. Yeah, we'll, we'll give you an answer on that one. That's interesting. Because, yeah, according to this, there's 7,300 languages in use around the world today. And it would be really interesting to know how many of those don't have Bibles in their own, you know, native language. While you're Googling, though, I'm going to tell you about my other story, which is a little short one, but it's it's a little bit cute. Um, definitely something that fits in with our joy and positivity and, and different good news. So there is a mum who lives in Perth, bit of okay. a bit of a local, mm-hmm. more local than the Sami people. She lives in Perth, and basically she's made it her job in life to spread joy wherever she goes. Cool. Which is cool. I like that. I want that job. That's a good job. Yep. And she does this by dressing up as Where's Wally. Okay. Red and white striped shirt. Uh-huh. Yep. Glasses. Yep. And basically what she does is she just goes about her day. She does her... She's a mum, so she goes and she picks up her kids and she goes grocery shopping and, you know, she goes and does odd jobs downtown and uh, she does it all while dressing like Where's Wally. And she's a very extroverted, loud rambunctious kind of person so she always does it with flair and she made an instagram and a facebook page uh which you can find and follow and see basically her adventures from day to day uh called wally fun with lisa and yeah she just goes around and she always carries a phone and a little bluetooth speaker in her pocket when the moment arrives when she's traveling on trains or on public transport she'll always put some songs on and and she'll dance and encourage passengers to sing there's a video on instagram of her on a train with the speaker on in her pocket and everybody on the train is up and dancing and moving while she's dressed <laughs> like Where's Wally. Just trying to bring some joy and some smiles to people's day. And I thought that was such an amazing thing. Something so simple as just, you know, wearing a red and white stripy shirt, being Where's Wally and just, you know, talking to people, getting not being on her phone while she sits on the train, actually having a conversation to somebody and trying to make their day. It's really awesome. Okay, as of October 2019, there are around 171 million people left in the world uh, who speak languages that they do not have a Bible translation in. So that's a fairly small number when you think of you know the seven or so billion people there are, but that's still significant. Mm. The aim is to have all languages covered by the year 2025. Um, when they actually sat down and looked at the rate of translation, it was going to be 2,150 before it got done. Mm. And so they've upped the ante. At the moment, the uh, projection is, the actual projection is 2038. Wow. Um, Currently, the Bible has been translated into about 3,969 languages. Wow. Wouldn't it be cool when we actually reach that point, though, that we've translated the Bible into every single language? Because there are, yeah. you know, we don't have a lot of new languages developing. So. No, we don't. 171 million people is not a huge amount compared to the population of the world, but it's still a very significant amount. Most of those 171 million people would speak a second language that would enable them to read the Bible in some form or another. Yeah. But there's no substitute for being able to read it in your own language. Mm. I am glad that I'm not learning Greek like you are. <laughs> It's I interesting. Like, <laughs> I like reading in English, even if it is old English. Greek is a challenge, but sometimes you can pick up things that you wouldn't have picked up if you were reading it in English. Yeah, absolutely. So it's good. Okay, we're going to continue on with the show right now. This is the Lower Lights uh, with Calling You. You're listening to the Breakfast Show. He will take you by the hand, lead you to that promised land. Can't you hear the blessed Savior calling you? Straight from the fold And there's trouble in your soul Can't you hear the blessed Savior calling you? When you 
with calling you before we go on to the great 2020 toilet paper panic. Um, let's, <laughs> yes. The great toilet paper panic of 2020. Um, let's, let's have another clue for our quiz. The next clue is, the angel of the Lord told my mother that she was pregnant and was going to have a son because the Lord had heard her misery. If you know who that is. 1-800-FAITH-FM or text us on 0491-064-669. That was a good and clue. prize is coming your way. This is a very good clue. I'm liking this quiz today. Okay. This is a good one. Uh-huh. Someone's going to get this for Someone sure. Someone is. Okay. Yeah. And the book is... The book is. The book is... I can't remember. Yeah. We'll, we'll We've said it before. It I'll is. say it again later. I'm we sorry. Will. I forgot. Anyway, the Great Toilet Paper Panic of 2020. In January, we had bushfires. In February, we had floods. And now we have a toilet paper shortage. (laughs) Not because we have a toilet paper shortage, because everybody bought all the toilet paper. 2020 is just off to a great start. Like, What is it with Australians? You know, I've got toilet paper in my cupboard enough to get me through the next few weeks. And I'm kind of glad because you wouldn't want to have run out yesterday like oh, I need to run down to the shops and grab some toilet paper because there is none. I actually saw a post about that on Facebook earlier. This lady was having a bit of a rant because she was like I went to the shops today not to buy toilet paper because I'm a normal human being who already has an average supply of toilet 
paper, but I saw an old gentleman looking really concerned that there was no toilet paper. So she had a chat to him and she was like, you know, mate, what's what's going on? Like, I know there's no toilet paper. He was like, this is the third grocery mart I've been to. I only have like two rolls left at home because I can only do my grocery shopping like once a month because I, you know, I don't have a ton um, of money. But he can't find toilet paper anywhere in town. <laughs> Nowhere. It's gone. Australians have just gone nuts. So just like, stop, okay? We are going you to don't... solve the coronavirus. With toilet paper. <laughs> like, you don't in, need it. Put it back. In China, they sell out of face masks. In Australia, we sell out of toilet paper. I feel like when kids go through the shopping, you know, and they go up to their parents with, like, chocolate and lollies and that, please, mum, can I have this? And they're like, no, that's what the parents and the adults need to be doing. You look at the toilet paper and like, I really want this. You don't need it. Put it back. No. <laughs> I can see the, I can see the kids going like, oh, can I really have these chocolate and lollies? And the parents going, no, we have to buy toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> okay, on a more, more serious note, um, the coronavirus outbreak has now reached 80 nations. The U- United Arab Emirates has closed all schools for at least four weeks oh, wow. to try and slow the spread. Uh, the tissue terrorists have um, obviously been uh, continuing to be out and about here in Australia, just um, snapping up all available. Did you just say tissue, tissue terrorists? Is that what <laughs> you did. just said? That's what I yes. said. Yes. <laughs> um, and the coronavirus has even given James Bond a hit. What? Yes. Knocked him off. He's not even going to arrive now until November. So not even James Bond can get past the mm, coronavirus. But he's supposed to release in uh, early April and they postponed it till November because, you know, a, a movie cinema is kind of a bad place to go if you've got an epidemic that is spreading around the place. That's true. One of the things that they're now believing might solve the problem is enough people being infected. The, of the coronavirus? Yes. So basically it works a little bit like this. Um, they're, they're looking at 12 to 18 months to develop a vaccine, which is just ridiculously fast when it comes to vac- vaccines. Mm. And then if they can get that done in 12 to 18 months, then they can start vaccinating people, get ahead of it, create some herd, herd immunity, and uh, we're up and, up, and, you know, up and running and problem solved, etc. Mm. But what they're now starting to think is with this, the, 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 the rapidity of the spread of coronavirus is that we might reach 30% immunity um, just by people having had the disease and recovered from it within that 12 to 18 month period, in which case the disease is going to die off on its own accord. Yeah, true. It'll probably kill a lot of people along the way, but... We can go back to shaking people's hands. Yeah. It's going to be weird. I wonder whether society will be forever changed. I wonder whether backslapping is just going to uh, be the thing that is just going to, to completely replace. Your know, handshaking has been around since the medieval times mm. when it was a way of, you know, demonstrating that you don't have a sword or a knife in your in your uh, right hand. Wow. Uh, this has been around for a very, very long time. I wonder whether coronavirus is going to kill it off. Went back to college yesterday. And everybody there is uh, elbow bumping rather than handshaking their teachers and lecturers and professors and uh, kicking each other's like feet, like high-fiving with your foot and cool. elbow bumping as an alternative to the handshake. Good old kick in the shins, eh? <laughs> um, all right. We did say that we would talk about the world's leanest babies. Do you know, where the world's, do you know what people group the world's leanest babies come from? No. This will blow your mind. Okay, I'm ready. Maori and Pacific Islanders. I was not ready. What? You were not ready. What? That makes they no sense. They have the leanest. They have the biggest babies by far, 
but their actual uh, body fat ratio it makes them the leanest babies in the world. Do you know what has the which 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 group has the fattest babies? That's going to blow my mind too. I'm not prepared. I'll just hit Asians. Yeah. Oh, actually, with Europeans in between. Okay, so it works like this. Asians have the no. smallest babies. Uh, Marion Pacific Islanders have the biggest babies. Everybody else is somewhere in between. But percentage of body fat. But percentage of body mm. fat is much the same across all of the babies, which means that your Pacific Islander baby is coming out with a lot more muscle and bone mass and your Asian baby is coming out with a lot more um, fat mass. Huh. That actually kind of makes sense. Which is, which is interesting and a little bit scary when you consider that you know, Pacific Islanders and Maori population struggle more than any other group with obesity. Mm. Um, and so they're, they're, they're looking at ways that they can actually um, work on this, you know, particularly in places like New Zealand, which are concerned about it. You know, they're, they're, they're looking at education to encourage breastfeeding because one of the interesting things about breastfeeding is that it gives you just about the right amount of nutrition so that you don't get stupidly fat and you don't get stupidly thin. You just become a normal baby. Surprise, surprise. Wow. Um, it's like it was created that way. Yes, and the thing that they're saying is that you don't want a fat baby. Well, yeah. You know, people well, you people really always want fat um, anyone, do you? People always goo and gar over the little Michelin babies that um, you know get around the place, but it's not actually healthy, mm. um, and they want to have uh, education on uh, breastfeeding, encouraging breastfeeding, um, when and how to introduce t- solids, and toddler exercise. Because what they're saying is the first two years of a child's life are the most important to for that child avoiding obesity. Hmm. Um, and so you need to keep your toddlers exercised, keep them away from screens. Um, they want to bring in regulatory pricing to make you know healthy foods cheaper and expensive uh, uh, unhealthy foods more expensive to you know really encourage parents to. Uh, be parents mm. basically um, and allowing your kids to become obese uh, particularly in those first couple of years is setting them up for a lifetime of health problems and disease so yeah that was um, I was not expecting that whatsoever at all I thought that would have been the complete opposite of what it actually is but that's the way it is anyway on the environmental front Aldi has removed all produce bags from their banana section. Wow. Just from the banana is, section, though? Why not well, do the whole fruits and vegetables okay. section? But the question is, why would you put bananas in a produce bag? Okay, they're explain already, this to me. They're already in a bag. They're already wrapped. <laughs> I can understand. Okay, but other things are already wrapped. Oranges are already wrapped. Yeah, that's what I mean. So why just the bananas? Why not do it in all the... Ah, but here's the difference. Bananas... Are also the, the bag with the oranges holds the oranges together, so you can um, hold it when you walk. Yeah, but true. bananas are already held together as well. Bananas are the perfect packaging. <laughs> they are wrapped. You don't eat the skin, and they are already connected together. So and why you put can them carry in bag? like four or five at a time, if not more? Exactly. Yeah, it's the dumbest thing ever having <laughs> plastic bags there for bananas. And of course, Woolies has gone the complete opposite direction, and they have now created a product for parents who, once again, don't want to be parents. Um, and they have now individually plastic packaged apple, no, sliced apple no. pieces. So rather than buying an apple, oh, giving it to your kid and say, hey, polish this on your pants before you uh, munch on it, you uh, buy a, a plastic package <laughs> that has 
sliced and cored pieces of apple in it so you can hand it to them and even say, if here, you <sighs> eat something healthy at lunchtime. Uh, even if you wanted to slice, like peel it and slice it anyway, it takes all of a minute. When, when I was a kid growing up, my, my, my dad would hand me a, a, a Tupperware that would have a Marmite sandwich, a carrot, a tomato, and then on the outside to put in your pocket, there was an apple. And that was my lunch. Classic lunch. Well, very, very healthy lunch. Didn't do me any harm whatsoever <laughs> at all. That's what you get when your single parent is your dad, I guess, rather than your mum. Uh, but anyway, it was uh, certainly a good way to, uh, to set me up for good health in the future. This is Norton Hall with Rock of Ages. Rock of Ages, clap for me. Let me hide myself in thee. Let the water and the blood from thy wounded side which flow be of sin the double cure. Save from wrath and make me pure. Not the Let me hide my 
Welcome back, everybody. That was Norton Hall Band with Rock of Ages. You're listening to Faith FM. We're about to have another clue for our quiz before we get into the interview of the day, Gemma. The next clue for our Who Am I quiz is, the Lord said I would be the father of 12 rulers and that I would be made into a great nation. 1-800-FAITH-FM is the number to call. That is 1-800-324-843. Or you can text us on 0491-064-669. If you know the answer, that's a bit of an obscure clue, but who is this very, very significant person? The first two clues were pretty solid. They were some, they were they some were. good clues. So this one should you know help flesh out the answer a little bit more. Absolutely. But this is one of the most significant individuals in uh, how they have affected world history. That's true actually. Yeah. One of the one of the one of the biggest effects on world history. So uh, we just yeah. gave you a bonus clue. No That's more right, clues. bonus clue right no there. More clues. Affecting world history right through to this day. Okay. Gemma, who have we got on the phone? Mel, are you there? I certainly am. Well, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. So, Mel, we've got a couple of different things that I want to talk to you about today, specifically the Be Captivating uh, movement campaign that you're a part of. But before we get to that, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you're from, what do you do? Yes, yeah, sure. No worries. I am Melissa Burrett. I am from northern New South Wales, so right on the border. Um, Kingscliff Church is my home. Um, that's where my family and I worship. I have one husband whose name is Kenneth and four beautiful children, and I'm a sonographer. By profession. Okay, so what is a stenographer? Ah, ha, ha. You failed at the first hurdle. <laughs> no, I know, a what a st- I, know, I know what a stenographer is, but I'm just, you know, I'm just asking on behalf of the, behalf of the listening no, audience. Yeah? Lyle, no, Lyle, you're digging a deeper hole. The word was, the word was sonographer. Sonographer. Oh, so you really did get it wrong. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Look, and now you, I really you're not have the first one. You're oh. not the first one, Lyle. A lot of people do that. Um, sonographer, so sonogram, ultrasound, so ultrasonographer. I perform ultrasound imaging. Is what I do. Although I happen to be a really good typist as well, which is, I think, what stenographers do. Yeah, I was sort of thinking stenographer had something to do with words and whatnot, but I was not quite um, picking it, but a stenographer. <laughs> so you, you, you kind of look at um, people's insides, that kind of thing. Yes. Okay. Yep, absolutely. Uh, yeah. And you get to see lots of uh, babies, I guess? Not now, but yes, I do. In in theory, there's a lot of babies, and for a, it depends on where you work. For a while, I worked exclusively in an obstetric clinic where all I did was babies, but now I do a lot more um, related to venous disease. So a little bit different, but yes, I've seen many a baby on the inside. So at the moment, I know that uh, you're involved in a little bit of a campaign, and I mentioned it before, it's called the Be Captivating Movement, and I saw it on your Instagram and thought it was super awesome, uh, which is why I reached out. So can you tell us a little bit about what that is? Oh, I would dearly love to. Um, So essentially... We were going on a trip, my husband and I, uh, overseas holiday, which we hadn't done for a really, really, really long time. And I was crazy excited about going. And as many a woman would understand, I bought clothes for my trip, like, because you just need new clothes for your trip. And my husband looked at me on this shopping spree before our trip. And he was like, sweetheart, you know that every item you have in your wardrobe would have very easily been worn where we were going. (laughs) 
And um, in that moment, I just sort of thought he's right. You know, had I not bought a single thing, I actually have more than enough in my wardrobe. And as I reflected in that moment, I sort of blurted out with him, you're right. And you know what? I'm not going to shop for a whole year. I just, I don't know, it just came out of me. I hadn't given it much thought. And he laughed. (laughs) He just laughed. And he was like, sweetness, why don't we start with like a smaller goal or like a smaller (laughs) target, like maybe a month or something like that. And in that moment, I just thought, you know, he's laughing because he thinks you couldn't go shopping without a whole year. And it kind of just set my direction. Once I got that reaction from him and saw that that was his normal response, that you, that would be really hard for you to do. I really started looking at the balance of my life, of consumerism, of how I am living out the daily principle of loving others when it comes to my privileged life. What is that telling my daughter who's becoming a teenager and notices and sees that mum has beautiful clothes? And I'd committed to a year in my mind as something I wanted to share with my family, but I realized I needed accountability at that point because even as I had started doing it, it was it was becoming hard and I shared what I was doing with an accountability friend at church whose name was Karen North. And when I spoke to her about the idea, she was like, that's so great, Mel. You, you know, you should, you know, it'll make you feel better too. Why don't you donate some money to Captivating International? Like some of the money you save, like that'll help and inspire you to be accountable to yourself and donate some money. And I was like, what's Captivating International? I'd never heard of it before. Um, and basically that started this trajectory where once I started looking at what Captivating International is, um, what they're doing, they're this incredible, incredible um, group and what they're doing on the ground for human trafficking blows my mind. And once I got on their website, once I started seeing what's going on, what's the problem, what's the need, the idea of linking You know, that's when I sort of was like, okay, I'm going to do it and I'm going to donate money monthly instead. But I also want others to join me because the work that Captivating International does, there is a huge need for resources to go on the ground to them. So it kind of translated to something I wanted to do within my home to show my children to, hey, why don't I get others on board because we can all be captivating together and the more people that are involved allows more resources to go their way, which allows more lives to be changed. That's amazing. That's just uh, incredible. Hey, I have to ask you. I have to ask a question. With your uh, plan to, um, you know, not buy clothes for a year, did you yep. have any exceptions? Like, was uh, did you, were you allowed to replace something that was destroyed? Um, was there any exceptions to not buying clothes for a year? You know what, Lyle? I'm I'm three months in, and I actually even drew the line at other than groceries or toiletries, I'm not buying anything. So I didn't, you know, so even as far as homewares or a sweet new cushion because it feels good and I want one, I actually really drew a firm line on it. And I did say, because Christmas, I had started personally doing this in November, 
November, December. So I'm three months in, but I launched the campaign because it took me a little while to create a launch video to share the vision of what I'm doing and create a website um, that people can come to to find out more and understand. You know, so it took me a while from when I started to launching the campaign, but I'd already started, which means Christmas was around the corner. And my husband's like, ah, uh, do you want to tell me what you want? Or like, you, do you want a new dress? Uh, what is it yeah, that this, I can get you? This was this was my next question. I was like, do you have uh, do you have an allowance for gifts? And and are you allowed to drop hints? Okay, no. So as far as I am concerned, my family and my I mean, and I've even got my fortieth coming at me this year. I have said I don't need a thing. I want donations to the Be Captivating campaign instead. However, I have not imposed this ban on my family. I mean, I have a 12-year-old daughter who's right in the throes of figuring out her identity and, and her self-confidence and who she is and how, like, it to me, it would feel like the wrong time to impose on her. Um, you're not allowed anything for a year because that was actually one of her first questions. She was like, mum, this is so cool what you're doing but you're still allowed to buy stuff for us, yeah? <laughs> and I was like, yes, of course, sweetheart, no problem. So I'm, I am allowed to purchase items of need for my children and for my family, but I have requested to not have the same in return for me for a whole year because the reality is we think we need stuff, but I'm pretty much sure that anybody for the most part who is listening to this right now could honestly say if I didn't buy a single thing, you know, from underwear to swimwear, from a shirt, like I would be okay for a year. Maybe I'd need to do a bit more washing. Maybe one of those, you know, there'd be a little thing I'd need to stitch up and repair on my favorite shorts or whatever. But we actually have more than enough to be okay. And the reality is what I'm trying to really get at for my children and in the campaign itself is that the difference between us and some of these girls and children is literally a matter of where were you born? We were born into privilege. They were born into plight. And we need to get the attention and direction over there because we're kind of falling into this. You know, you kind of say to your children, I feel like we go when they're not eating their dinner and you're a bit like, ah, don't you know how blessed you are? There are people starving in Africa. And, and we kind of just throw that sentence out, but we don't bring that link closer to home. We don't share some of these stories and really make them recognize that, hey, there are villages. I'm saying to my daughter, there are villages across the world that do not have a single child your age within them because those girls have been stolen. You know, and I'm not saying that to scare her. I'm saying that to go, darling, when I talk about privilege, this is what it looks like. And when I talk about the snares of consumerism, this is what it looks like. And I literally have jumped on the website with her and exchanging some of these stories because Captivating International, I've mentioned what they do is incredible. The reason I love them so much is that they come into a place. So we're in China, Nepal, Philippines, Kenya. And they look and they see, okay, who's already here on the ground? Okay, we have three angels. We have tiny hands to pull. Great. What do you guys need? What can I provide for you? How can we work alongside you? So whether it's from actually 
rescuing the girls that are already trafficked or intercepting them before they get trafficked or whether it's giving loans for girls that have been rescued but are about to go back to families in poverty that have nothing, whether it's training them to sew. Like the reason I'm so blessed to be alongside this group is that from beginning to end they're in it whether it's funding a lawsuit against a trafficker they've caught red-handed to put him in jail it's all happening and you know these are the conversations i'm now exchanging with my daughter and i know it's making a difference to how she's thinking about consumerism and her and some of her friends are giving admittedly i was like who wants to give all of their birthday money to captivating international they were like no, Mel, but we love you. We'll give this much and we'll go shopping with this much. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, which is good. It's great. Yeah, that's fantastic. Hey, uh, with this whole process, and, and, and I really appreciate what you're talking about with, you know, um, Captivating and the ministry, the work that they are doing is just fantastic. Um, yeah. Great cause to, to, to support right there. Um, for yourself personally, did you find that when you did you find did you go through any retail withdrawal symptoms? Do you know what I actually? There are some really, really unexpected blessings and things that I've learned about myself that I didn't even realize. Like they're kind of byproducts. Like my intention, motivation was solely to flick money. Um, Andrew and Danielle have given me, a, I've got like a $19,000 goal by June and I'm very far from it, by the way. So welcome to jump on board and learn more and donate and get excited. But that's actually why I did it. However, I actually didn't, like I said, I've got four kids. I'm a sonographer. I actually run a business. I'm super busy. You'll almost never find me at the shops. I just, I'm not a person who goes to the shops because it's not how my life looks. I can't stand online shopping because the one or two times I've done that, I don't, I find the mismatch between what's online and what I get. So it's not like I consider myself a shopaholic or that I had an unhealthy relationship with shopping until I went cold turkey. <laughs> and I realized in the first month, I realized that I used shopping as an emotional crutch for myself. If I was feeling really stressed or down or, or I'm facing things at work um, that are overwhelming, I realized I was an incidental shopper where I'm driving home, you know, I work a fair way from home, um, you know, where I'm driving home from work in Brisbane and, you know, I'm bypassing this sweet little store that I saw a dress in the window and I'd grab something and, and come back with it. And I realized I used it as an emotional tool, something to make me feel better because I work so hard and life is so busy. I felt like it was a little due reward for me. And I struggled a little bit emotionally in that first month. And, and it sounds so cliche, but when I would feel down, I'd eat and jump on the website and look at the stories of the girls <laughs> um, and realize, you know what? my feeling down or what's a hard day for me or the fact that I can't go and buy this really cute dress because that's the thing. I feel like Instagram knew that I was going on a one year without shopping and in that first month, the ads of the clothes that popped up, it's like it was personally torturing me. It was like <laughs> these beautiful dresses and, and I was just thinking, stop putting really cute things on my feed, please, Instagram. Um, but now that I'm three months in, 
I'm I'm adapting, I'm adjusting, I'm tuning into their stories more and my need less. And I tell you what, if you don't think that you're a consumerist and you you wouldn't full, put yourself into the category of of being someone who's a little bit more on the I buy what I like side and I'm okay with that. Um, I challenge you to go without because you don't actually know what your relationship is until you go without. And it was really confronting for me to accept that I was using shopping as an emotional tool and there's way better ways of managing stress and emotional um, needs, real healthy ways of doing that that don't fall into that trap, which culture seems to just accept as such a normal thing. So I did eat for the first month and put on weight, which was terrible because I wasn't allowed to buy new clothes. So I adjusted that as well. Okay, very quickly before we have to uh, move on, but very quickly, how do we support your uh, your project here? You said you're raising uh, $19,000. How, um, how do we get in contact? Yep, you can jump on www.becaptivating.today, which gives you all of the information, or else have a look at at Mel Burrett on Instagram. And I'd really love to, separate to just donating, consider what you can go without. I'm encouraging people to adapt. You don't have to do a year without shopping. Do two months without going to dinner and donate what you'd spend. Do six months without a pair of shoes. Do whatever you can, but have a look at the privilege you're born into and what you can adjust to change the lives of others. That's great. We're going to have to move on. Thank you so much. This is Sarah Groves with Remember Surrender.
I'm Julia from Warrigal Seventh-day Adventist Youth. We meet every Saturday morning at 10am for an open discussion about Bible topics concerning our youth today. We're open to everyone wanting to join us and we'd love to see you there. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.